Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, a great conversation with new Winnipeg Jet Nate Thompson. We talk about his sobriety, his son growing up in Alaska. And I'm also joined by Winnipeg Westman basketball player Josh Gandier on speaking out against racial injustice and why he's going to be on ESPN coming up. Well, let's just get right to our first guest, which is Nate Thompson. As the Winnipeg Jets addressed their depth up the middle a few days ago, signing the 36-year-old vet to a one-year deal, expected to offer guidance to younger players, win face-offs, kill penalties. So let's get to know Nate a little better now as he joins us on the show. Nate, welcome to Winnipeg. Where are you joining us from today? Uh, I'm in uh, California. I live in uh, Hermosa Beach. I'm actually getting ready to go uh, go play some golf today. <laughs> Far cry from Winnipeg, where it's uh, just above freezing these days i heard that i heard it's uh i heard it's rainy today but someone like you is not afraid of cold weather you might be living in california now but for someone that's born in alaska you're not afraid of a winnipeg winter no definitely not uh i have had a lot of practice uh growing up in it and then also at the same time you know playing in some canadian cities like montreal and ottawa so uh i know what it's like uh to have cold weather what was it like growing up in Alaska? It was great. I mean, uh, to be able to be from a place like Anchorage, Alaska is pretty cool. You know, I mean, um, you know, being able to experience uh, the long winters and obviously, um, you know, playing hockey up there is a big is a big sport uh, for about <laughs> nine months out of the year. But at the same time, uh, you know, experiencing summers up there. You know, I was real big into fishing when I was growing up. I still am, and uh, it's a place that I'm proud to be from. I imagine it's a lot like Canada, where there's an expectation that you're you're supposed to play hockey in the winter. It's it is. It's very similar to Canada. It has the same kind of vibe. Um, hockey is definitely the number one sport up there. Um, like I said, it's one of those sports that's uh, played year-round up there. We've had some pretty good players come out of Alaska. So, uh, like I said, it's a, it's a special place to be from. Is there a lot of outdoor hockey in the winter? Yes. Uh, you know, to be honest, it's, I, I look back on my uh, on my childhood and, and uh, playing hockey uh, growing up, and some of my fondest memories were, uh, you know, playing outside. And I think, to be honest, that's where – I really improved uh, the most uh, in my game was uh, was playing outside. And why is that? You know, I, I think when you're out, you're playing outside, you're playing with your buddies, uh, you know, you're not in a uh, structured practice or, uh, you know, you don't have a time frame. You're just out there having fun, playing with your buddies, you know, trying new moves, you know, trying to be like Steve Eisenman or Wayne Gretzky and uh, just, having, just having a lot of fun and, you know, next thing you know, you're out there for three, four hours, in, and it doesn't even feel like it. So I think whenever you're, uh, you get that experience of playing outside, you're only going to improve. One last thing on Alaska. Obviously, the geography of it, it's, you know, it, it feels like it should be part of Canada, just looking at it, but it's an American state. What's it like being from a state that's kind of so far removed from the continental U.S.? It's uh, it's a lot different. It's funny you say that because a lot of guys or a lot of Canadian guys I always play with always call me a pseudo Canadian because they think I might as well be Canadian being you know living all the way up there. Um, but uh, it's it's just a place that uh, you know it's so special to me. You know my mom and dad still live up there. 
Uh, some of my best friends still live up there. You know, I try and get back every summer to go fishing and, uh, you know, just experience the summers because, you know, those are my fondest memories growing up of uh, being there. And, um, you know, it's just a place that, uh, yeah, you're right. It, it's not the easiest place to get to or it's not the easiest place to leave, but uh, it's still a special place, and uh, I love being from Anchorage, Alaska. All right, so why were the Winnipeg Jets the team that caught your fancy in free agency this year? Well, I think, you know, they were a team that uh, showed some serious interest in me and, you know, I think believed in me, believed that I still had hockey left in me. Um, Also the fact that I think they're a very good hockey team. Um, They have been for the last little while here. They have all the pieces uh, from up front, a forward defense, and then you have a goalie like Connor Hullabuck who just won the Vezina. And, you know, and then to, on top of that, you have a coach like Paul Maurice that has such a great reputation, and I've heard nothing but great things. And, you know, it just seemed like a perfect fit for me, and uh, I'm super excited to be a part of the Winnipeg Jets. How hungry are you to get a ring? Uh, I've never been hungry. I mean, <laughs> that's why we play, right? I mean, um, you know, you could say the last few years, I think I've been kind of chasing that cup. Um and uh, I believe that Winnipeg has the team to do it. Um, you know, that's a thing, that's a goal that most players have from the time they're a little kid, and it's uh, still my goal is to still be able to uh, hopefully one day raise a Stanley Cup. So what, for those who may not have seen you play all that much, what do you offer? What is your, what's your game? What's your style? What are you going to bring to the ice for the Winnipeg Jets? Well, I think I have a pretty... Uh, pretty blue collar game you know i'm a guy who likes to bring the physicality to the game um you know my skating i think is pretty good and uh you know and then my you know my bread and butter is uh you know i like to take key face-offs win face-offs uh kill penalties and then you know provide that stability and uh energy and enthusiasm to the fourth line so uh those are kind of some attributes of mine and and then Hopefully as well, um, you know, I can chip it offensively, you know, maybe not every game, but bring up the big goal and the bonus goal to uh, to help the team get over the hump. I'm just curious. This is now your ninth NHL franchise you've been a part of. Do you have jerseys from the previous eight? Uh, I do. I, there's a couple I, uh, I'm still missing uh, just because I've bounced around uh, the last few years, so I still need to get those jerseys, but I do have most of them. So, uh, yeah, you could say I have a pretty good collection right now. <laughs> Are they just in a closet somewhere? It is. It's in a closet, yeah. And uh, once once I'm done, hopefully uh, I'll get all those framed and, and uh, you know, put those somewhere in the house. You mentioned on your Zoom call yesterday how you, the, your relationship with your son, who uh, lives in Minnesota. How much did that factor into coming to Winnipeg, where it's going to be easier to see him on a regular basis? It was a huge factor. Um, it was kind of the icing on the cake for me uh, with everything that was uh, so attractive to me to play for the Winnipeg Jets, but to have my son as close as he is, be living in Minnesota and be able to see him probably a lot more frequently uh, just made the decision that much more easy for me. How old's your son? He's five. Is he a big hockey fan or not? Or only because you're a hockey player? Yeah, he loves hockey. He loves all sports. He's just kind of a... You know, he's a five-year-old boy. He loves to be outside. And, and 
you know, put a baseball in his hand, put a bat, whatever it may be. He just likes to uh, likes to play sports, but he's definitely a big hockey fan. He's gonna follow in his dad's footsteps. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, I just want him to be happy in uh, whatever sport he chooses to play. Uh, I'll be happy with that. But uh, he's definitely got the ability. He's uh, his hand eye and. Uh, you know, his athletic ability is uh, pretty good for a five-year-old, so we'll see what happens. You also talked on the Zoom call yesterday about your sobriety, and it was four years to the day that you signed the contract on October 10th. Was that on purpose, that those two were aligned? It was not. Um, sometimes things happen for a reason, and, uh, you know, I'm extremely grateful that I was able to celebrate that milestone of four years, and then you know, to put a bonus on top of it, to sign an NHL contract in the one in the same day, and uh, I'm just so grateful to still be playing in the National Hockey League at my age, and and uh, you know, and to be able to be sober because uh, those things kind of go hand in hand. If I uh, if I wasn't sober now, I wouldn't be signing an NHL contract. So uh, I'm just extremely grateful for that. Who's the biggest support systems in your life that have helped you be sober for over four years now? Well, I think first off, my wife, Sydney, um, she's been by my side through this whole thing and she's supported me and she's gone through, uh, you know, she's gone through a lot of ups and downs with me and she's stuck by me this whole time. So um, she's probably my biggest supporter and my biggest fan. So I'm extremely lucky to have her. Um, you know, and then I have a lot of men and a lot of different guys that, uh, that are also sober, um, that have helped me through this journey and, uh, you know, along with family members and, uh, my family and, uh, Sydney's family, it's just kind of a overwhelming amount of people that have supported me through this whole time. Was there a specific moment where you, you just realized, okay, I, I got to stop? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, after... Uh, I was in Anaheim, I, I, uh, I ruptured my Achilles that summer, and, um, you know, going into the season, I was going to miss a pretty good chunk of the season. I wasn't going to return until about the end of January, and uh, before going into that season, I was in a pretty dark place, and, uh, you know, dealing with uh, substance abuse and, and alcohol, and um, I knew uh, I had to make a change for, you know, my life, uh, you know, I don't know. My life uh, was going to go downhill in a hurry, and I knew that uh, things had to change, and that was kind of a uh, crossroads for me to make uh, to make that change and uh, you know make something make something out of myself to make sure that uh, you know I can move forward and uh, become a man and become a better person for myself and everyone around me. Last thing before we let you go as well, just on your, your wife, Sydney, who is Jewish, you've converted to Judaism, right? Correct. What was that process like? Uh, it wasn't too bad, actually. Um, you know, before we uh, got married, we talked about raising our kids Jewish. Uh, you know, her, her family is extremely close. You know, every holiday, we're all together as a family. It's very family-oriented, so it's something I was attracted to, so... You know, I decided to convert, um, and it was a pretty, uh, you know, pretty easy process. It wasn't too bad, and uh, it, it made for one heck of a wedding, too, at the same time. <laughs> what kind of education went into that for you? How much did you learn through that process about the faith? 
I learned quite a bit. You know, I, I had to read. Uh, I had to read a book. I had to meet with the rabbis and and uh, meet with him a few times, and you know, just go through uh, go through the process that you know I thought was uh, going to be a lot harder than it was, and uh, it wasn't. And uh, I'm just super glad that I did it. And um, you know, we uh, we celebrate all the holidays as, as a family. And uh, you know, I have a Hebrew name now. My Hebrew name is Natan. So. Uh, you could say I'm uh, part of the tribe now. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Nate, I appreciate you taking time to join us tonight. Thanks for being open about all this, and uh, welcome to Winnipeg. Thank you. Thanks, Christian. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Winnipeg West Bend basketball player Josh Gandier will appear on an upcoming segment of ESPN's Outside the Lines as part of a panel discussing activism among university student-athletes. He is doing this because he participated in a joint anti-racism video produced with students from the Westman, the Bisons, and the Bobcats, and it was released last month. The video in which Gandier appeared was widely circulated after its release a month ago, showed athletes from the three rival schools aligning on issues of anti-racism and pushing the message that it's not a competition, it's a movement. And Josh joins us tonight on the CGOB Sports Show. Josh, uh, before we get into the social justice work, I just want to check on you as an athlete. You don't know if or when you'll have a season the school year what's that like uh it's uh it's been tough just trying to stay ready you know you know nothing might not be happening and uh i feel like a lot of people are in a similar situation but the months leading up to this time we weren't in the gym at all and i I know a lot of people can agree it's having a toll on mental health, just not being able to do the same routines you used to have. So just being in the in the gym, being able to practice, being around my teammates, having a little bit of routine, uh, that's all we can get. So I'm grateful for that. I hope a season can uh, happen, but the safety of everybody comes first. And... Uh, yeah, I know I'm not the only one going through it. So, so you are able to practice. Yep, yep. We uh, started practicing in the second week of September, I believe, and we had uh, one day where we went to basketball Manitoba's 2.5 level, where we could actually pass the ball to each other, and then uh, like that morning. Uh, code orange went out for COVID and then I got clawed back. So now we're back to no sharing balls, no contact. Uh, yeah. So that's been a major adjustment. Now is your whole team on campus or are some still back in different parts of the country? Uh, right now there's just five of us, uh, five Winnipeg guys and everybody else is back home. They, uh, they're kind of, they're even in a more difficult situation. I can, a lot of, uh, few of our guys are from Toronto and I know things are not great there. I believe they're in a lockdown right now. And, uh, our one guy spas in Bulgaria. He's, uh, he's in a tough situation too, cause he has an international flight to get over here. And, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm lucky 
compared to some of them. But <clears throat> what kind of impact has this had on your uh, schooling in your classes? Uh, well, school's online, so that's been an adjustment as well. I just finished midterms last week, and doing midterms from home. Uh, it's a different experience. Uh, just only one of my classes are live streamed, so all of them are kind of self-guided on your own. So uh, school is really testing discipline this year to keep up. Uh, but And also UW just uh, declared second term is going to be online as well. So it's just something we're going to have to get used to this year. And I've been doing my best to manage that. So about a month ago, you were part of a video alongside members of the Manitoba Bisons and Brandon Bobcats athletic programs. Uh, aligning on issues of anti-racism and uh, it was pushing the message it's not a competition, it's a movement. Why did you feel this was important to be a part of? Well, uh, first being a student athlete, kind of forget about that privilege of being a student athlete and just uh, the position that you're in and you know for myself, like get a little nervous, self-conscious speaking up about some of these things, but that's the reason why social injustice uh, is around and stays around and why it's been so prevalent over such a long time because the more you ignore it and you're quiet, neutral about it, the longer it's able to sustain. So I know me and other athletes, uh, which I'm proud to speak alongside with, it's uh, something that we all got to do and hope the younger athletes looking up to us that they have the courage to speak up and recognize some of the things that are going on themselves. And I understand that uh, ESPN reached out to you about this and you're going to be part of a, an upcoming segment on a show? Uh, yep, that was last week, just after my last midterm. Yep. So how did how did they get in touch with you, or how did you learn of this? Uh, so I know David Larkins. He was telling me some of the analytics from on our tweet on the anti-racism video, and uh, it's one of the most popular tweets we had. And I guess uh, it caught the attention of ESPN and reached out to David, and David reached out to me it's like josh this this rarely happens this doesn't happen uh often that espn reaches out and uh i was uh i was pretty shocked and nervous at first but uh it's a great opportunity and great platform to speak uh speak on the things that we're doing here in canada and is this is something that's already been recorded? Yep. It was a Zoom call. Um, it was about eight, ten minutes. It felt uh, very quick. <clears throat> Were you nervous? Yes. Yes, I was. Uh, it was 
myself and uh, Anthony. He's a rookie on the brand new men's basketball team. But uh, yeah, it's definitely nervous for that. But uh, before speaking on that, I do a little smudge and just I think about myself so much and about everyone who's supported me and entered me to be in a position to speak uh, speak on the, the so, social justice issues and uh, message that we're trying to spread and just be thankful for the opportunity. Well, Josh, this is an awesome thing that you've been doing here as part of this and uh, definitely kudos to the Westman and all the athletes who have spoken up about these issues. Appreciate you coming on tonight to talk about this. Thank you for uh, thank you for your time. Tune into the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from seven to nine with me, Christian O'Mel, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow! If you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast, please. Subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?